0: Hello everybody! Welcome to the uh, Comedy Film Nerds ATC Podcast Bl- Comedy Festival live live, live bonus app.
1: Yeah, this is pretty exciting. We're going to thank uh, our, the sponsor, Bud Light. Oh yeah! Let's mm-hmm. we'll listen
0: to this. Oh wow! Nice. That's a delicious
1: yeah um, pretend beer can. <laughs> pretend
0: Bud Light. <laughs> Everyone that listens to this knows I don't drink, but if I did, it would yeah. be a Bud Light, and it would taste so amazing.
1: And it would be uh, yeah. And someday it'll be a coconut water.
0: Um, thank you, everybody, for coming out to the show yeah, today. I appreciate
1: it. Sold out. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: I'd say 1,000 people? 1,000? Thousand, 1,100? Yeah, what would you put it at? That's 950 a, on the low end? Conservative? You know,
1: all right. It might be exaggerating a little bit. There's 800 people. There's 800 here. people. Yeah.
0: I mean, we all, oh, every every time we do one of these shows on the road live, we always have to, like, pay the fire marshal a little extra. Just yeah, to make it give
1: him a little, you know, a little graft. Just a little make yeah. sure that's
0: Chicago style, make sure things happen the right yep. way. Yeah, that's fire money. <laughs> we always have a fire money budget. <laughs> uh, very happy that Aaron uh, Brungart made it out here. You set up the studio. With
1: all the equipment, he made it out here. I survived,
0: guys. Yeah, and, and he put it all together. He put this entire thing together. Ugh. Yeah. And he's wearing a Cardinals hat, just as a deliberate fuck you to me as a Cub fan. <laughs> just one just deliberate one shot. One last time. So, one last time.
1: And we're also in the same place you could buy ATC merch, so people might be buying a shirt in the middle of our podcast. I hope. Mm-hmm. I
0: hope a couple of stickers go while yes. we're talking about <laughs> uh, Matthew McConaughey project
1: that would be excellent <laughs> so uh, so but this is uh this is one of our few episodes where that's streaming live you
0: can we are right streaming now. live so everybody watching live thank hello. you hello so, thank you so much for mm-hmm. tuning in first ever atc comedy festival
1: happy to be a part of it happy
0: to be a part of it we're in a beautiful hotel
1: mm-hmm.
0: i already have used the pool
1: nice indoor or outdoor
0: outdoor arizona oh. everything's outside
1: everything's outside there's no roof on the hotel. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's just a bunch of Quonset huts stacked on top yes, of each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a tent city.
1: Right. And it's, uh, you know, but four star tent city. Yeah, it's like ready player one. You right. know what I mean? It's
0: yeah, like that yeah. type of uh, an environment. That's what Phoenix is. So this is fantastic. A little and warm. Well, it was just 95 in L.A. Yeah, no, I'm
1: saying it's uh, you don't you're like oh, going to Phoenix is gonna be much cooler. Nope. No. <laughs> no. Wait, you
0: mm. you think Phoenix is gonna be? No, cooler? No,
1: I knew it was gonna be. Uh, w- Do you a understand how heat works? <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know Arizona's a hotter state. I right? don't
1: like going outside, so it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> I think this is Chris's first time in the state of Phoenix. It, yeah. This, yeah. Or the city. Or the city. Yes. <laughs>
1: Whoa, somebody just opened the door. Our audience just doubled.
0: Oh my goodness. So, welcome.
1: Welcome. Come on in. Did you want a shirt or a sticker? Uh, do a, you like Bud on. Light, sir?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can buy one. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> one of our sponsors. All right, so let's... Um, is there anything else we need to announce or talk about? Or
1: We could just get right to introducing our guests. This to, is a special show this,
0: tonight. It's a special show in a lot of, lot of ways. First mm-hmm. of all, this guest and I met when we were students at the University of Arizona. Wow. Just down the road in Tucson.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I haven't seen each other in forever. Mm-hmm. We both live in LA. <laughs> yeah. And yet we so, have to come to Arizona to see each other. So
1: you lost track of each other, but you've kind of re- reunited.
0: We've reunited. Yeah, he also has become a filmmaker and a comic. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's gonna tell us all about what he's got going on. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Young. Welcome him yeah. to the Hot come Corner. Of the ATC stage. Thank you, brother. Welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad Mike... you guys could, uh,
1: you know, uh, reconcile your differences. I know you guys had a feud going <laughs> well, for many years.
0: This beef and will finally <laughs> be We're going to finally yes. bury it. Just two guys that <laughs> lost touch. Yeah. Um, so what have you been up to the last 15 Hold years? On. First of all, let it, let it be
3: known that Graham was inspirational. I'm not, I'm not just saying in me doing comedy. In college... I was, like, dreaming about doing stand-up, scared to do stand-up. Mm. We knew each other not even – I didn't even know you were doing stand-up. I go to a huge show at the auditorium. It's 88, whatever year it is. Barry Sobel's performing, packed house. He gets up and opens for Barry Sobel <clears throat> and crushes, crushes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Barry Sobel had a very tough time following <laughs> And I that was, was like, Graham, who I know
0: from, like, the social – Building. How do we, were we like, did we ever in the same dorm or we were on a flag football team together? Or Maybe some flag shit? football. I was yeah, recruited yeah. heavily by a lot of
3: fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in a fraternity for six weeks before I was thrown out, but it was only because of my yeah. throwing a bill. Well, building. you
1: were on a flag football scholarship, right? Yeah, of yeah. course.
3: Yeah. They were giving those out like crazy. Oh, the intramural <laughs> the money was yeah. sick oh, at was Arizona. A, yeah. I was driving a 300ZX right next to Chris Mills. He nice. came in for basketball. I came in for flag football. <laughs> but I just had to tell you, you crushed it in front of Barry Sobel, mm-hmm. got me over my fear of stand up just to let you know and then the beef began nice because <laughs> you see him for years So la yeah and
1: it was he about was like, barry sobel it was which was <laughs> barry, interesting
0: who i still see once i can't believe I well saw him at bar <laughs> because i t- always took that as well if graham can do it yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was killing it at a high level for a very long time yeah you yes. wildcats yeah it was awesome and i'm trying to think of The last time I saw you, like, I would see your name, like, because you perform at the comedy store a lot, right? Yeah, I'm a comedy store guy. Right, and Mm. and then I'm an improv guy. Yep. So, never the twain shall meet. (laughs) No. No, but I would see
3: you at, like, random off-shoots of, like, I forgot, who's our boss? Sam, remember Sam Brown? Rest in peace, Sam Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, he had a room that was, like, a really cool alt room. And I would see you there once in a while, and I would, like, we'd cross paths once in a while, but, like, never, yeah, you know, I went my way. You know, you know how the Jews do it. I go, I go left. <laughs> <laughs> you go right. You got your improv skills. I was all stand up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. And then you've you've done. We'll get into it a little later, but you've also you've directed some stuff. And yes, you know.
3: yes, I've been directing movies for the last seven years. Yeah. Nice. So I, we could get into that whenever you want. But okay. Yeah, Absolutely. No, we'll definitely like talk yeah, about it's that. Been a, quite a journey, you know. Mm-hmm. Stand up, stand up, stand up the whole time, and then caught a lucky break with something that I wrote and then while they were actively looking for a director, I
0: convinced them that I could direct. Is really how it went. I think mm-hmm. that's half of directing.
1: It really it is. It really is. You gotta mm-hmm.
0: go, no, no, I can do this. Well, you, no, no, I can do this. You just like have to like camp I, out in front of somebody's house long here's enough. Here's
1: how go. I would do it. Yeah, and that's then
0: exactly you, what it was.
3: Yeah. Wait, were you media
0: arts? You yeah, like, I was media okay, arts. Okay, so we had a couple classes. That's together. right. That's, that's what, what it was. was. Mm-hmm.
3: And If you studied film, television, radio in Arizona at the U of A, you can't direct. There is no, no, there was no skill they gave us. We left school with no skills. So when I said I could do it, I truly was BSing my way into my first movie. But it all worked out because I I read a bunch, you know, I read Woody Allen's books and I read about, you know, Playboy's interviews with every director Uh and so many of them were like. If you understood the rhythm and you understood the timing and you knew where to get out and you knew how to, you know what I mean, then you'd be fine. So that's really the mentality. I, I was not a filmmaker in college.
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. think, I, I, I took some film production classes but learned real, I mean it was some of, I learned some okay stuff, but I think it was right. I read a lot of those books too, like Sidney Lumet's book. Yeah, our program
1: that. was uh, Radio, TV, and Film, RTF, but then it was always uh, nicknamed Rather Than Fail. So, <laughs> Which, college, by the way, I still almost. Because, uh, I, I was right there. It was. Uh, uh, it, it was one of those things where we um, we actually did filmmaking. We had the only film lab in Philadelphia, so actually the other schools would actually come and develop film at uh, Temple University, and but at the same time, you know, we were still editing on you know two VHS players, and then uh, mm-hmm. you know we, th- this is like it, it really felt like the dark ages where we were. Cutting film with like a razor blade and like yeah. taping them back together—that was like
0: old school. Oh yeah, that's school. what we did. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally, I tell people like, oh, I cut eight and sixteen millimeter. Yeah, mm-hmm. and literally had to put the strips and hang them and like don't lose uh-huh. them. Yeah, in and case you want to do it again. And then
1: try to sync up the sound with the sound, the synchronizer, and all those things. And then the grad students got the steam back. Like those Ooh, were that was the uh, wow. the expensive editing system. Yeah, I learned how to <laughs>
0: shoot on a Bolex. Right, like, definitely. Mm-hmm. They gave us right. the, <laughs> bol- the wind <laughs> the wind ups. Yep. Uh-huh.
1: Shoot
3: what you want. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I shot. I really. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't take anything seriously
0: back then. I think I had I've had all of those digitized, or well not no I had them put on a half inch tape and so I just need to digitize that. But like I could put my college film reel. I should do that and put it on YouTube because it's like pretty amazing were you do, <laughs> were you
3: were you going to like those studios and doing like talk show stuff too like remember they had like this yeah. local studio yeah the so community we were, access yes yeah so I, I i did that was yeah it was my first talk show you guys didn't see it it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, it was amazing <laughs> it was in tucson i interviewed all the strippers that would come to town i would talk about the life of a stripper i literally but i had a show i, I had a uh, talk show there so that was like we would cross paths in that world that's that's how yeah. we sort of
0: and then we would stay in touch we all Cause me and my roommate Pete Martini were also security. remember him, man. security Jesus. guards at
3: the football at the football games. games. You did not want to mess around in a U of A football <laughs> game if you saw me, Graham, <laughs> and Pete. That's right. That's That's right. right. That, That's was, your, that was your that was your part time job. You
1: guys were security guards. Greatest at the football job games? Yeah. in the world. In the world, mm-hmm.
0: we mm-hmm. we We got paid to watch football. Wow. And then basketball. The basketball team was really good, so the tickets were, imp- were really hard to get. Did you get. see
1: any action? Do you ever have to deal with any trouble? No. We let the <laughs> cops handle that. We didn't, get inv- we didn't get our shirts dirty,
3: man. Nothing. We did nothing. Literally, storm the gold, the, uh, yeah. the field
0: goal, rip it right down. Yeah, I'm but, not touching yeah, anybody. Yeah. Go right by me. <laughs> we're making six bucks an hour. I'm not, yeah. I'm not getting into a scrap for that. But then I remember for the, uh, the basketball games, we knew this ticket scalper, and then we would sell uh standing room only tickets and we'd sneak guys in the side door yeah I wasn't on that well, hustle course, with man. you. Yeah, oh, awesome. nice. no, you're <laughs> Chicago, I'm Detroit. Wait, that's all we knew was hustle. I
3: made 400,000 my freshman year. <laughs> 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 Are you kidding? I didn't make another dime since. You figured, out a
1: a, you figured out a uh, a scam.
0: Of course we nice. did. We, we had every scam working man. Cause Pete was from New York. I was from Chicago. Mike was from Detroit. So we were just like, oh, yeah. what's the angle? The freshman yeah. mafia. Where's the, where's the, yeah, we were the freshman mafia. <laughs> that's all we did. And we would hustle people in for free oh tickets. And go then to, strip their
3: cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we were selling rims and everything. (laughs) it was tucson bro (laughs) South
0: tucson was rough it was and then i remember we were such mooches then all the concessions would have to throw away and we'd like you guys got any extra pizzas i mean we'd have pizzas and hot dogs for like a week Mm -hmm. and it was the nastiest we ate it all you know no it was an amazing time well my (laughs) brother ended up walking on the football team i don't know if you
3: that rings the bell at all but my my little brother walked on as a wide receiver so that just took my scalping game to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, it was another level after that, you know, I mean, right.
0: cash only. I was paying my own tuition. It, of course we got into show business because show business is a filthy scam. Oh, show business yeah. is just, <laughs> just a <laughs> That's all it
3: is, is a hustle. What a hustle, <laughs> fully funded by the cartels. Like, yeah. It is. <laughs> Sony, yeah, okay, Sony. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fully. So
0: actually, we actually had an amazing... Uh, education at Arizona. We got we had a,
1: fantastic, it
3: like.
0: a fantastic education. So
1: All right, let's, let's talk, talk about some talk movies. Some movies. When I, you want to start with uh, Gold?
0: All right, I'll talk about Gold. So okay. we wanted for this, for this episode, since we just did a regular episode, to kind of talk about some movies maybe that...
1: That we missed on the first go-around. We missed on
0: the first go-around and mm-hmm. just some things that maybe fell through the cracks. And mm-hmm. also we're going to hit... Mike's going to tell us about... Get his take on some movies we've talked about as well. Right. So I wanted to talk about Gold because it was yes. one of those movies that was Matthew McConaughey. It came out it looked good it looked good it was definitely it was definitely trying to get some oscar buzz mm-hmm. right so you when you have an a-list movie star making themselves ugly that's like, <laughs>
1: that,
2: that's lose, like weight oscar ugly. Ugly. lose
3: weight yeah. ugly mental deficiency weight. right yeah some sort some of weird oscar yes the, oscar i
1: like the fact that this is his third film about searching for gold That uh, after Sahara in 2005 and Fool's Gold in 2008.
3: Mm -hmm. If you got something about
0: gold, you go to McConaughey. McConaughey Yeah, exactly. He's the gold guy. If you want that or weird cryptic uh, psychedelic Lincoln commercials like that, Matthew McConaughey's your guy. The
3: worst and weirdest shit I've ever seen. The weirdest? Something's going on. I don't know what it is.
0: He's talking to that bull in the one? I don't know. He's...
3: I know he's on some high-level marijuana.
1: Like I'd love to know if, but but I I don't know if it yeah. was selling cars. Like, what's the conversion rate of Matthew McConaughey in a Cadillac commercial? Negative How many units of that percent sound?
0: The crazy one, the hybrid one, where he's like, it's not about selling trees or hugging trees. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you talking about? It's yeah. literally... It's honestly, It's I feel like it's... The, the Lincoln ads are really like Colonel Kurtz going up the river in Apocalypse Now. Like, he right. lost his shit. He's got a Montaneric army. He's just up somewhere in, outside of Austin amassing a Lincoln army, and he's yeah. talking to bulls. And he
1: thinks he's shooting a movie. <laughs> the whole so. time. <laughs> he, he, he thinks he's <laughs> shooting a
3: movie. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. He has no idea yeah, so what it but is. This is a
2: campaign. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. no,
0: no, no, he's waiting for the end for right. the script mm. for the last yeah. two seasons. Uh, are weeks. these reshoots? We, no. We, it's we, just we keep commercial. shooting these
1: out of order. I don't understand.
0: Like it, man. Nonlinear. I feel you, man. Yeah, okay, Who's got Matt. the pages? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Who's got the pages? So, that's what gold is. Right. Yeah, I didn't see it.
1: Now it's, 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 it's based on a, an actual scandal, right?
0: It's based on an actual scandal. It's actually on Netflix, so it's worth. It's it's one of those. You're at home and you don't know what to do, and you're looking for something to watch, and you're like, it was. That's what I did. I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I wanted to check this out. Is it a Netflix original movie? No. Okay. it was in this it was in this theaters it it tried to make an oscar push it didn't get it for whatever reason it just didn't take got it it didn't make i don't know where where it didn't connect there's some good stuff in it um maybe it's like people just went oh it's no dallas buyers club or something i don't know which was like his finest role yeah because that
3: movie was pretty much great beginning to end right so if you Got a couple major hiccups, you're not going Oscar.
0: I think only the only person who can do that is Meryl Streep. She's the only one who can do a movie that's like okay and she'll still get a nomination, yeah, just because she's Meryl Streep, yeah. But so there's some interesting stuff in this. Um, it's about this guy and he plays, um, who's a hustler, and like you kind of get an insight into the gold game, which makes sense. The gold game sounds like us as freshmen and <laughs> like oh. <laughs> it's all hustle and scam and letterhead letterhead and getting the rights and oh we got the new you know and so people are fudging stuff and it's all the up and down of it and then once it starts making money people come swooping in and want to snatch him up but he's kind of a it gets it gets a little long i can kind of see where it lost its it's strength to potentially be an Oscar contender because there's did some it, moments where you're just like, man, did it lose momentum it, it it it's both of those things that you guys just said it mm. lost momentum, and then they would try to sort of force it back at times. but as far as a like watch at home netflix it it's great for that like it's but i I was like, oh, that's why I lost it right you know he's a, he does a great performance as this guy guy can act he can act mm. I mean, he can act he can act, he feels he feels it <laughs> I mean. I've, I mean, they should put the Lincoln ads on a compilation DVD. And just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I would buy it. I would buy the Criterion, Lincoln, Matt McConaughey. So, so there's, some really, there's some really cool stuff in it. And um, it was, there's really good supporting characters in it. Right. Um, and it's one of those things that's like, it, it slipped through the cracks for the Oscars, but it's still a really solid film. And if you never got a chance to see it and you like Matt McConaughey, I absolutely recommend watching. Is it kind of like
1: a uh, like like a rise and fall kind of type story where it's like, you know, they're looking for gold. They can't find it. They finally find it. They then everyone wants a piece and it just kind of goes like up and down, like almost like a Scarface. Yeah, it does
0: kind of go like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he does the thing. He puts on 45 pounds when Mm -hmm. in the first scene you see him with a punch and I'm like, is that a. Is that a prosthetic? Is that a prosthetic? Right. Is that a uh, pregnancy Face, uh, belt? <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a Hollywood big belt. But then there's a scene. He takes his shirt off, and you're like, all right. Mm. And he's got these messed up teeth. and
1: Well, he ate, like, burgers and milkshakes, something like that, to put the weight he on. He thought
3: him. it was going to be his raging bull. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going
0: for it in the gold
3: world. Exactly. <laughs> so did he start as a hustler in the movie? Like, was he already a scam artist, or did he get taken well, into that world?
0: It starts out, his dad... And this is the actual character's dad was like a, um, a champion in the gold world. So he was working for his oh, dad's okay. company. His dad was this like hero, this man amongst men, like everybody revered him and loved him and thought he was a great guy. So he was like trying to live up to his dad's thing. And then some, st- I don't want to give away too much, but then like some stuff goes south and like, you know, his dad passes away. And so then he's kind of battling a lot of those personal sort of demons and the financial aspects of it. And then he's looking, you know, he's convinced that there's this thing in the Indonesian jungles that you know, like uh, gold that's ye- been untapped. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. whole thing. So then he starts chasing that that right. ghost, and so. Um, but yeah, it's there, there's you, you'll get to the slow spots in the film, but mo- overall, I think you'll really, I think you really like it.
1: Well, it seems like there was a lot of uh, cast and director attachments and changes. Like it was a it was a hard movie to get done. Like. Michelle Williams was cast in Lee but dropped out. Bryce Dallas Howard replaced her after filming had already already begun. And Christian Bale was offered the lead role and Michael Mann was set to direct. So there's all this, you know, you know, backstage stuff going on.
0: And you know what? That might have contributed to to like academy members just kind of backing off. Backing off, I'm not going right. to watch this or something like that cuz you hear sometimes you hear a lot of that. and You think, "Oh, this is going to be a bomb." Right. Mm-hmm. And it it wasn't. It wasn't a bomb.
3: Right. It you can feel if a movie's gone through turmoil sometimes like right? so, so like you can look at them watch a movie and go wait a minute this they they re up the on, end yeah it shows up on screen disappeared all of a sudden they ran like, out yeah. of money and stopped they didn't have him, for, right. him <laughs> for two weeks like <laughs> <Yeah>. things happen <laughs> yeah. like yeah. real shit goes down <laughs> yeah. in the think, back yeah. Like i think a so car chase should have been that? here yeah yeah you feel
0: absolutely that's such a great point you feel that and you're just like oh those actors hated each other or whatever like you can just you could feel it. And then you, you hear see those it. grumblings come out Yeah, in the, in, the, in the trades or whatever. So, it's worth watching though. It's it worth is.
3: watching. All right. I'll check it on the couch. Check
1: it out on the... Uh, <laughs> it's a good yeah.
0: couch one.
1: It's good on streaming. So, uh, I saw The Lost City of Z. Now, this is one of the movies that I really wanted to uh, check out. And I finally got a chance to see it. It's streaming on a different platform and it it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. And um, I will say this. This so is another
0: guy losing his shit in a jungle. Is that I what mean, you're pretty, doing pretty the
1: much? It's a, yeah, it's definitely a theme. Uh, and I, and, I, and it has like, for whatever reason, this movie itself had pages and pages and pages of trivia. Like normally you don't see that many, you know, uh, pieces of trivia, but this one, like I literally had to cull down. There was so much going on behind the scenes in this movie. Was it based like, on a book? I'm sorry. Was it, it was based it? on a book. Right, yeah. Okay. And uh, director, James Gray wrote to Frank, Francis Ford Coppola, who directed Apocalypse Now, again, we were talking about Kurtz and going up the river, for advice on shooting in the jungle. Coppola's two-word reply was, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> when Coppola decided to make Apocalypse Now, he received the same advice from Roger Corman. <laughs>
0: that's, and, well, that's the thing. I think Coppola is the, one of the few exceptions to the movie went derailed, or like you said, Mike, you can sense when there's a lot of fucked up shit. That's one of the few right. movies where all of the madness, the yeah. two and a half years to make that movie. You watch the documentary on that, um, uh, filmmakers' apocalypse, hearts of darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one movie where you go, it worked. Uh, it worked. He created yeah. a masterpiece. Yes, out of this. right. Yes.
1: And this story follow, um, is about an explorer played by Charlie Hunnam, and uh, who is convinced that there is a lost city uh, somewhere in the Amazon, which. W- but it was also, he called it Zed. So I don't even know why they shortened it to Z in the title. Like, what does what that sound hipper for the kids? La City of Z. Maybe. Well, no, it, it might have
3: literally been a marketing meeting. Yeah. So it was like, <laughs> I was like we, we got to we go
1: we we shorten this by two letters. Yeah. Always a yeah. surefire
3: thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a creative process. <laughs> it's, it's Let actually, the marketing uh, team get involved in that. <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> they've ruined more movies it's actually
0: how the British say Z. They don't say Z, they say Zed. Really? Yeah, I said it in England, and someone was like, they didn't respond, and they, they were like, oh, Zed, you mean Zed. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that letter. All right, oh, so it's a great thing. thing. Look, look at American that. Audience. Uh, American yeah, audience change. Answer. Got All right, it. thank you, Aaron. Yeah, it would still look so. like a Z to us, but mm-hmm. they pronounce it Zed. Huh. All
1: right. Yeah. Well, what
0: so, a great piece of trivia.
3: Look at that. Learned n- more than uh, I did at U of A for five
0: years. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> just now. I learned how to steal pizzas. But to give you an example
1: learn. of how horrifying shooting in the jungle is, uh, Charlie Hunnam remembers a particularly nerve-wracking encounter one Saturday night after an exhausting six-day six day shooting week, I was staying in this little shack on the hill and woke up three in the morning to this ungodly noise like there was a pneumatic drill in my ear. An insect had burrowed into my ear and hit my eardrum and it couldn't go any further. It was a long beetle with wings. When it couldn't get back out, it kept trying to burrow further in and flapping its wings. My favorite part of this quote is the next sentence. That's what woke me up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the wrath of Khan thing yeah, in your yeah ear yeah is,
1: that's what really that's what you must be a really deep sleeper i mean if how many yeah. pills did he yeah. take before he went to
0: bed that night that's a four pill it's, night it's funny i heard so the movie the rundown that came down in 2003 with the rock here's a, talking about why everyone's like don't shoot in the jungle so they initially were like we're going to shoot that in the amazon jungle in mm-hmm. brazil and the story is i don't know how accurate this is but it I like repeating it because it makes sense here, mm-hmm. is they got there, all their stuff got stolen. The, the crew, the laptops by like right. some, some rebel army in the jungle. Or bandits. Or bandits yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And they were just like, okay, that's it. And then they shot the rest of the movie in Hawaii. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Our crew got robbed in, in Detroit. Really? That happens if, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. if people see a truck with half a million worth of equipment in it, and you're in the hood or the jungle, whatever. Then it's bait. It's bait. It's 100%. <laughs> it's gone within eight hours. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a, great racket. We had to buy our own equipment back.
0: Well, I know so. that my first question for Mike is about his movie when we get to that part of the show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, I can't wait. Uh, uh, we got to listen. <laughs> listen. I, I called Coppola. Like, what do I do in Detroit? <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot there. Yo. Don't yeah. shoot in the jungle in <laughs> no. Detroit. Yeah.
3: A- so. <laughs>
1: Stay out. So Hunnam played this explorer, Fawcett, who was um, obsessed with... The e- basically, he was being sent... Uh, down there to actually make maps as uh, he was like part of the cartographers society and they were going to send him down to actually make maps but he found um, some pottery and he got obsessed that there was like this um, hidden city that no one could find and he made multiple journeys and this is where the film gets a little long there was a lot of back and forth, like, all right, I'm back in England. All right, now I'm going back to the jungle to find the city. Now I'm back in England again. I'm leaving my family again. I'm like, he said his goodbye to his family many times um, because there were always these breaks on him trying to find this, this city. And uh, it also shows the progression of you know, his, his uh, oldest son growing up and you know, him pretty much leaving his family to fend for themselves, played by Tom Holland uh, when he got older. The son, uh, the Spider-Man actor. Oh, nice! And this, this made me laugh too. Tom Holland had to wear a fake mustache for the movie because he said he was a child and couldn't grow one yet. <laughs> so <laughs> that was to make him older. A fake mustache. <laughs> what was weird is it looked like one of those Snidely Whiplash mustaches. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, really? they gave him have, one of those. Yeah, you could have eh, could have picked a better one. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand it's a period piece. I will say this: um, this is another movie that had a lot of uh, uh, changes. So, Benedict Cumberbatch was originally uh, going to play Percy Fawcett, but had to drop out due to schedulings with Doctor Strange. And um, I think it would have been maybe a little bit better with the Brit, because Charlie Hunnam, he's a decent actor. He's not fantastic, let's be honest. He's, right. he's not fantastic, but he's decent. He's a decent actor. One
3: he, very one note, I thought. Yes, right. he, he definitely went to
1: the one Graham note. Elwood School of Irish Accents. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Is he Mrs. Doubtfire in the yeah. jungle
1: it was a, There was a few where it was uh, Oh he's really putting a lot of effort Into that accent Then there are scenes that like, well, now he's not even trying But isn't he <laughs> actually <laughs> Irish so, Well whatever happened it's, uh, The accent goes in and out so, so uh, the bug got yeah, his ear. Yeah, and the bug went and into his ear. The, it affects yeah. the, uh, the accent. <laughs> the so bug
3: messes sure. up your accent. He
1: can't hear. That would be even funnier if he was actually. No, I'm from Ireland. He is, though. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm almost <laughs> certain of it. Is he? It's not. I thought no, he was Eric. Australian, he's, he's no, British. No.
1: He is English for no, sure. English. Okay. So I, I don't know what he was trying to do with the accent, but whatever it was, Mrs. It was, Doubtfire with a bug w- in her ear. Yeah, it was it was a mixture of <laughs> like a all bug right. In my ear. Yes, <laughs> this scene is Mrs. Doubtfire. This scene is Sons of Anarchy. So he really <laughs> just kind of uh, picked which scene he was in, and that determined the strength of the accent. So is this movie so, worth <laughs> seeing? It sounds so. Like no. You know what? This movie is worth seeing with a fast forward button. <laughs> Okay. like that's uh, not good. a great sell Chris
0: that's not a great sell it's it,
1: it really wanted to be like a period piece mixed with Indiana Jones like you know you've got natives you've got you know adventure you've got in the jungle you've got uh explorers and like mystery and like lost cities and all these things on paper sound like this is great but the way it was just kind of put together was just kind of like well first of all it could have been at least 30 to 40 minutes shorter and second of all, it was a little unsatisfying.
0: So I feel like if somebody had to choose between one of our guy loses his shit in the jungle movies, they would probably go with Gold.
1: Yeah, I think it was a definitely better guy loses his shit in the jungle movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Gold. Or just the apocalypse <laughs> like, yeah, now again. I'm
0: going gold, yeah, just boy. watch Apocalypse Now again. Yeah, you know and, and then even uh, the director's cut where they have dinner with that crazy French family and they steal his surfboard. You know, even that. Still better than Gold. Still better than Gold or Lost City.
1: And it was was such a weird, like, like they kept recasting, too. Like, uh, Percy Fawcett was originally uh, supposed to be played by Brad Pitt. But then Brad and the director felt the role should be played by a British actor. But that led to Benedict Cumberbatch. So, uh, and then he was all set to go. Then there was problems with, you know, shooting with Doctor Strange. And then eventually, you know, how do you go from Brad Pitt... Benedict Cumberbatch to Charlie Hunnam that's really an interesting uh, I thought what, what was interesting
3: what you just said is that Brad Pitt and the director decided that Brad Pitt wasn't right so I'm wondering is Brad Pitt a producer on that movie yes okay. he is that for sure
1: sense. yeah he's like he, he took he, himself right out of the room I he hope said, yeah. I don't need this he was 17 like, I need million dollars ma- I need to get my money back I, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: or I just envision Brad Pitt Like is he a psychopath? When he's talking producer, he refers to himself in the third person. Like I just don't. I think Brad Pitt might not be right for this role. Maybe sometimes Brad Pitt's hard to work with. And Brad
3: Pitt
1: Pitt from now on only makes movies with the word Z in them. (laughs) That's (laughs) it.
3: Don't even call Pitt unless you got a Z.
1: Yeah, so you got a Z in the title. Forget it.
3: Um,
0: All right. Well, I want to hear what, Mike, you said. You know, we just talked Wait, about... Wait, I got to say one okay. more thing
1: about this, right. the jungles. There was so much trivia, and it was so horrifying. Like, the shoot sounds like it was an absolute nightmare. Yep. But I will say this. It sounds like any movie shot in the jungle was an yes. absolute yeah, nightmare. There out. was... Someone in, the, someone in the crew got bitten in the neck by a snake. And the Colombians kept telling them, there's a reason you don't go off the path. The animals will leave you alone until you start smashing the jungle. <laughs> Yeah. that was the advice stay on the path like you know like it's like a hobbit uh, going through markwood forest yeah so uh
3: that's a lesson in all of life yes <laughs> <Stay>
1: <laughs> yeah This. just stay on man. the path yeah Snake's gonna bite you, gonna you in bite right in the neck in any, yeah.
0: form. in any form just stay on the path
1: so i will say this you know after reading on this trivia and seeing like you know how hard it is to actually shoot in the jungle there is an appreciation for just the fact that they got this movie made like they shot it on thirty-five sure. millimeter film. They said, you know, the Macs weren't working with the humidity. Like, like every day seemed like a challenge just to get stuff into the can. Absolutely. So, um, it's a shame it's just not a better movie. <laughs> and so,
0: what if you come back with malaria or right. yellow fever? It's then well it's
1: worth it. it. Then you have a story. Right.
0: <laughs> Sounds like there were multiple
3: rewrites. You said that there was the part of the movie where he kept going back and forth. And yeah, that there was definitely long. multiple. Page as, count was <laughs> down. Like, like, like <laughs> it, I, <laughs> I felt like, told. too, it
1: was like, you know, like, well, you don't need to put every scene from the book in the movie. Like, that God. was really what it felt like. You know, how many times are we going to go back and forth in the jungle? I get it. He's looking for the lost city. He doesn't need to look for it four times. Yeah. So <laughs>
3: turning,
0: a, turning a book to a movie is a whole other animal. Yeah. So, let's... Because we talked... I wanted to hear what you had to say about Marshall. Because we talked about it on, on the, the episode we just released. Yeah. Because uh, I obviously watch a lot of biopics. What, what did you... I felt like Marshall
3: was... I wanted to go see a really great indie film that was going to be, like, dark in tone and, like, feel edgy. But I just felt like it was forced. And it was, like, obviously the actors were fine. Oh, you guys had the same reaction They did a fine job. But get out of here with your jazz score and your lighting that looks like it's an ABC television show. If I'm watching, like, some hardcore shit going down, I don't want to see, you know, four-camera lighting schemes. And, like, it just... It's the it only, felt,
0: the, it's the it only felt, studio that
1: was available. It felt that's like the actors
3: had. were playing in a different film. Yeah. Like, it should have been a stage play. What's well, funny? They the director, were great actors.
0: Uh, no, you you make such a great point, and and I hadn't even considered that. But that's pro- that's like almost another thing. Why I ha- when you say that, I was like, yeah, that, that's what it was. Like aesthetically, in the four camera shoot, I was like, man, that's what because. His story, Thurgood Marshall's story is pretty intense. It's incredible. Man. And they're like all this jokey dialogue and then the, like you say the wacky lighting and the jazz music like this was a brutal time. Yeah,
3: were you going for a tone that's never been done before? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> look, you just invented a tone. Like for a <laughs> tragedy era where, with like and Costello. I know. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what people are getting going
0: lynched in this yeah. era. It's life or death. Yeah. And, s- and it's also line. Y- you yeah. guys
1: were saying it focused on a very specific part of his life too because his this
0: one know, trial, but this mm- trial was like the heavy. It was heavy. It was so heavy. What was going on? He couldn't mm-hmm.
3: even talk at the trial. He had to have Josh Ged basically speak for him. He was really just the brains of the operation. Oh wow. So be- yeah, because he was black, he was he was in the background of his own trial, of but his he was own trial. Genius. a genius.
0: He's a genius. He's the smartest guy in the room, and the judge knew that. And was like you don't get to talk, and so it's like. <laughs> Looks like Josh Gad is gonna be my ventrilo. Like it, it was like, and then how about like the tight, crazy, weird close-ups that they did like on the judge? Do you remember like all yeah. of a sudden
3: like the judge's face is like, it just wasn't making sense. It it, it, it was a bummer because, like I said, the performances were fine. They were okay, but. The tone was off. The lighting was off. The score was off. I, I was well, like, that, man, you, you guys know. missed a chance to tell a great story. A great story. I thought. That, kinda go, that goes to the I director, really. I don't like really. a movie because I'm making movies, and it's hard enough just to make a movie. But if I'm going to sit back and watch and we're going to talk about it, I mean, I, I did not enjoy that movie. I, I thought I was going to go see a movie that I was way into because I wanted that story so great. But they missed it. Well,
0: no, it's, hmm. Chris, it's not just the director's fault on this. It is part... Because the director's directed a lot of comedy TV, which that's, that seemed to, like, be well, a... Sh- Reggie Hudlin? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But also the script.
1: Oh, okay. And that was
0: the problem I had, too, was I felt like they just took a biopic standard script and just went boom, 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 and yes. then put in cute dialogue. And even the heavy moments, they were, like, afraid to, like, really live the heavy moments. Agree. Or they put in this big swelling music that's telling me what emotion i don't need y- your music to tell me exactly what's going on don't this lead me into it sounds like the it, punch.
1: it was like a um uh, like a abc movie it was of the a week lifetime. or something it was like, like that. a lifetime tv that's show. what it mm-hmm. felt like
0: that's exactly that's yeah. how it was shot mm-hmm. that's how it was directed that's what the script was like that's how it was lit yeah even the costuming felt like we're just pulling this out of our 1940s era rack at Lifetime.
1: Right.
2: Yeah.
3: Whatever. <laughs> you know? 100%. What, what, they were coming out with the rack at the studio. Whatever yeah. studio. Yeah. yeah.
1: They were on. Like, yeah. well, what, what? All right. Let's see your wardrobe department. Give me yeah. that rack.
3: Like, even like they got the savage beatings. I mean, they both got beat down at the same time in different places. Remember that? And then mm-hmm. they came back and they're like joking. They're like joking about the beatings. And it was like, whatever. I can't remember the joke, but it's like, you, you could take a punch. It's like, we're in like, you know what I mean? We're in like this high level racism KKK style rednecks coming at you. Or death. Murder. And you guys are joking. So I don't know who the hell was coming up. They're like, we need a comedy punch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Somebody did a comedy pass on that. We don't need comic relief. We got to give
1: Josh the, Gad something funny to say with this
3: subject. That might have been as simple as something like that. Like this guy is mm. so known for comedy. We got to give him something funny. We don't want the audience to be disappointed that he's in our movie and not funny. It really <laughs> did feel like some weird oh. shit like that. I wouldn't
0: doubt that. Mm-hmm. You know what if I mean? some executive made that dumb decision, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, but let's talk. Let's talk about. So let's let's talk about the the movies you've done. Tell us about them a little bit. So yes. and if there's anywhere people you. can come find them or watch them, or yeah, whatever.
3: I'll tell you. So my my first film was called My Man Is a Loser. It's, I did it for Lionsgate, bought the movie. Um, it was an independent film, shot in New York, and I wrote and directed it. It was my debut, writing, directing. I had written mm-hmm. a couple other things that had kind of you know gotten. I had written one other movie that got made, that actually isn't even out yet. I didn't direct it, but it's it's called Grounded, with uh, Aaron Paul, Jeff Daniels, and Tom Berenger, and that's actually going to be out later. Nice, but. While that was getting done, I I wrote My Man is a Loser. And then while they were actively, I mean, it's a long, crazy story. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's a long story, but like while they were actively looking for a director, that's when I convinced them and said to them, I promise you, I can direct this. I went to U of A film school, (laughs) 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 uh, basically. But basically they were truly looking for a bigger, name, a big name director. I had never directed anything, but because I wrote the script. I was tight with the producers and, and the fi- finance guys. I was just, you know, w- on a day to day basis with those guys. And I just read enough books, did enough research, and they let me direct it. And so I wrote and directed it. And it's starring uh, Michael Rappaport, John Stamos, Tika Sumter, um, Brian Callan, fellow oh, yeah. comedian. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's it, it about? What, it's about two married dudes have, who've completely lost their way in their marriages. And they basically like get their single buddy Stamos to like help them get their swagger back to reconnect with the wives. Mm -hmm. So Stamos is kind of like single hitch type of thing, you know? And it really started because these guys who wanted to make a movie, they were like, listen, here's our story. And they started like really, basically just complaining about their wives. (laughs) No joke. (laughs) And they're just complaining and they're like, this is the story. I said, give me a week. Like you don't really have a full story, but give me a week to take what you're trying to say and like come back to you. So I basically came back a week later with like a beat sheet for him. And I said, here's the story I think you're trying to tell. Boom, they hired me, wrote it. And then it was like game on. You know, it was like we started casting. And I I casted Rapaport because I knew I I was already a fan of his Mm -hmm. and this character was like so him. And I I, I knew him from basketball. I literally knew him from, and I was like, dude, I think I got like a perfect thing for you if you're like available. And this is before he started blowing up in the podcast and all this other crazy stuff. Mm -hmm but uh so we met he read the script boom he was in and then stamos i had met with like james marsden was gonna it's like mm. one of those things he was originally gonna play right the, the stamos part and his schedule got weird and so we started taking some meetings with like lead actors i met with stamos who i knew through saget from stand up so it was really like a connection thing and then stamos he read it and he came, met me at lunch, showed up, made out of caramel and happiness. <laughs> just fucking handsome, you know what I mean? Like I just uncomfortably good looking in a weird restaurant. I did that VH1
0: show that he had years ago. Yeah. Um, or is the list? that show VH1 the list and I think I don't know if they rotated host but I so I did that show with him and I remember just sitting there going yeah he's
3: beautiful yeah. <laughs> like, he's just a
0: beautiful man and
3: he plays it up he comes in he sunglasses knows. in the you know inside mm-hmm. indoor sunglasses mm-hmm. perfect hair shirt
0: on a little bit mm-hmm. it's like he just shines and he goes I'm going to give him the full It's like he probably mm-hmm. looks in a mirror in his car and goes I'm going to give him full A 100%, 100%. Boom. shirt on
3: three buttons down <laughs> no joke in the beach boys band as a drummer so he came in and we met and he started just kind of telling his single life stories which you can imagine are next level and right. so I basically after the after, after the meeting I, I just called the producers and I was like there is nobody that can tap into this character better than this guy like his his advice as a single is like you got to get the threesome out of the way that's his <laughs> advice you know what I mean it's like on some planet Z he's on another planet so right. I was like this guy definitely could be a Brad hasn't. Pitt movie I said he's no been around Z. he's seen things he's done things mm-hmm. he's got it Made, they made him the offer, locked him in, mm-hmm. and then Callen, oddly enough, the third character was just like a quirky, funny dude. And Brian Callan, I've known from stand-up comedy forever, and I was like, God, his, his voice kept like ringing in my head. And I'm like, Brian. So I was on the road with Callen. I'm not even kidding. We're in Miami doing the improv. I know that the movie's going, but I'm not really telling anybody because you never know yeah, things yeah, can yeah, fall yeah. apart. Right. So I go, we're in the coffee shop. I'm like, Brian. I'm. I, I go, this sounds crazy but i'm doing this movie and there's like a part that you could pe- you could probably have cuz it's your voice bro and like we're not going to go spend a ton of money on a movie star and it's indie he's like ah you know Callan's like scattered anyway he's like let, let me read it like, and uh, yeah i do movies <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so Callen is one of the funniest people like just in life yeah. so he reads it and comes to me the next day he's like dude i love the script i'm in Da-da-da-da. i call the producers boom we had our three dudes Locked, just like that. Mm -hmm. And then we went to New York and we casted everybody else out of New York, which was like an amazing, you know, New York actors, they take their shit seriously. Dude, the extras
0: in New York got their shit locked down. Mm -hmm. They're They're, stage actors. No joke. The extras in in LA are, some of them are crazy. They're
3: like, there's a model who I just saw from a promoter's table at a nightclub, yeah, yeah. in LA.
0: Some of them just got out of the methadone clinic. And they're going back (laughs) right
3: after the audition. 100%. New York, every single person backstage
1: ca- lists the methadone clinic for, yeah. Uh, casting. <laughs> yeah, it does, as they should, cause yeah. they're there.
3: but every actor in New York that came in to, uh, to read literally was like, okay, this is all pro. Like there was no mm-hmm. bad audition. So it was a tough, it was a tough process, but once the train started moving, boom, we cast it out of New York. We shot the whole movie and uh, we shot in 26 days in New York, you know, six week prep, 26 day shoot, put it in the can. And then Lionsgate bought it, and they put it um they put it out like theatrically for a minute, right? And um, yeah, how did so how did Lionsgate get in, Did
0: did you like did it play we festivals? shopped it.
3: it? We did not go to festivals. We shopped mm-hmm. it to like four companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot Lionsgate, Sony, Focus, a couple other places. And then you know I was really out of that process. It was really like the money yeah, guys, yeah. the producers. Right. I didn't. You just kind of a hired gun a little bit. I was a hired gun, yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of it. You know, yeah. me, by the way, I mean, it was great. They paid me fine. It was great. My first movie, I felt blessed. But yeah, they handled all that business stuff. So mm-hmm. they basically called and said, hey, Lionsgate wants the movie. And for their investors, it was a big thing because they got a lot of their money back up front, and it was with a company that was <laughs> awesome and reputable.
1: And they you know it'll be released.
3: And it got released. Mm-hmm. And online, it's done really well. Like, it went to, what are iTunes, and then, like, Amazon Prime, and mm-hmm. whatever that world is that I still don't even know a lot about. But everyone's happy in their world. So right. Lionsgate bought it, and it's been out now for, like, three years. Two and a half, yeah, two and a half years. And then... Right after that, I got my next movie, which was called *A Stand-Up Guy*, which is on Netflix. So it was like, it kind of, it was like a nice little. I don't want to sound like bragging right now, Graham. I'm <laughs> I, no, I no, no, telling you how it went down. <laughs> Dude, it's a so, long struggle you know it's what I mean? a crazy yeah. struggle yeah, and you still feel like the, it's over it's i mean, you know what you, mean? that's like, the beauty of the whole you're thing. always struggling you're it's always over it's i got done. two more movies coming it's over it's over <laughs> i'm going back to school like, which I'm i want a, to do i'm gonna mm-hmm. have to
0: sneak people back into basketball games. Yeah. i'm back scalping if you want to find me i'll be with graham
3: elwood in the front of u of a's bear down stadium <laughs> and I, i'm not even kidding so yeah so we we have the premiere of uh, of my man is a loser it's a big oh and i put ronnie the limo driver from Howard Stern Show, mm-hmm. he's a really funny dude, and I met him in New York, so I put him in the movie, thinking maybe Howard would like promote the movie, which he did. So Ronnie was super <sighs> nice. cool, and that was like a fun, smart marketing move on my part. Right. Stunt but casting. Ronnie, total stunt casting, mm-hmm. but he also is, he plays like a biker dude, he is a mm-hmm. biker dude. So we did that, premiere in New York. After the premiere, these two guys, one who, I knew from, who I've known for years from LA, he was with like one of his finance film guys. They were just at the premiere, came to me after. They're like, we really enjoyed the movie. It was fun, funny. We're gonna, we wanna talk to you about doing a comedy. I was like, no, okay. Everybody wants to talk about it. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks later they called and boom, they signed me on, uh, signed me to write uh, a stand-up guy. Just like that, like literally called me. They had a different idea. They had this, uh, they had like a half an idea like my right. first guys, everyone's mm-hmm. got an idea. Right. Everybody wants to be in the business but no one realizes like it's so damn hard to have a true idea beginning middle and ending that that's and that's all that matters you know what i mean that's so that's they, an actual
1: script that you an described actual script
3: yes. <laughs> so these guys that want to get in the business they have like these half ideas or like real kernels of like you know passionate moments and i you know things but not full scripts so they had an idea i sat with it for a minute i called the guy and i was like listen cuz i didn't know if i could like even for the money i wasn't the guy to write that so I pitched them a stand-up guy which was the story of like a gangster who goes into witness protection program was like a funny street guy who acts accident- who starts doing stand-up while he's in the program in a, in a town and he becomes accidentally famous because being from Detroit a former scalper <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe maybe sold a few things in my day but being from Detroit I always had the thought of like if God forbid I ever had to end up in witness protection Would I just stop being funny? Like, do you just turn it off? Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? So that was where the idea came from. They bought the idea, wrote the script, shot it in New York, and this company called The Orchard bought it. And then Netflix bought it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... That was and my that's what you shot. So that's the movie you shot in Detroit. Where you had shit stolen out of it? No, <laughs> the shit that got stolen was actually the one that was the the Aaron Paul movie, oh. which I didn't direct. Mike Upendall direct. I wrote it. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I wrote it and then uh, executive produced it. But yeah, they got a bunch of shit stolen in Detroit. Right? <laughs> wow.
0: You know, I, I'm
3: from there. I I could have told them where to park. It's gonna end up. Yeah. Now two of my cousins it, have have a half a million dollar lighting it, s- it's, situation. It's weird
1: when you see an entire uh, movie set show up on eBay you know
3: <laughs> <laughs> totally and a picture yeah. of aaron paul in the corner right yeah <laughs> that's so great yeah so
0: well you at least got a taste right when they sold the shit on the street after it got stolen off the set mm-hmm. right come on, on. it's we this five
3: percent street tax yeah you, gotta, yeah. you, gotta, yeah. you, kick, you kick a little something you off got the to, you got to up wet upstairs. your beak <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. The, no i'm not no i'm over here now i'm over here now <laughs> <laughs> i'm not greedy yeah. <laughs> so that so a stand-up guy was a really it was actually it was a uh, it was a million dollar budget and uh, my man is a loser was actually five million which was a much bigger indie film, mm. <clears throat> but there was something really awesome about like shooting a small like contained movie because even in the writing you have to write towards your budget right. so you know there's no helicopter mm-hmm. you yeah, know yeah. you're on the street for like one day you're not mounting cameras you already know what that costs so it's dialogue driven and it's like. <coughs> Molten, uh, like very few locations. I'm very guessing. Few locations. It, it makes yeah. you
1: more creative because you have to write to the budget.
3: It does. It puts you in a really cool. I loved it, a cool creative box, and you go. You know what? It doesn't cost money to write funny. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That doesn't cost anything. So that was which is
0: a real good point. I, I just want to interject <coughs> this because we talk about this a lot on the show. Is like, how did this giant budget movie tank? How did it do poorly? Because there was no restrictions. There was just spend whatever you want, no one will tell you no, make this blow up, pay for this giant actor, and then you're not, you need restraints, you need that, oh, we can't afford that, or how do we make this work? Because that's where you find the magic. It worked for Deadpool.
1: I mean, Deadpool, right before shooting, they cut that budget, and then they had to, you know, uh, figure out creative ways to not shoot some of these set pieces, and one of them was that he kept forgetting his guns. So right. And they, they couldn't shoot like Which this big. Uh, fed shoot the up. character.
0: It made yeah. more sense in the context of the whole story.
3: Mm-hmm. By the way, that's that, that's a perfect example because that the comedy of that you know what I mean that right. character, they could have shot that for I mean it's his it's those salaries that cost a lot of money for yeah. that you above, know above I mean? the line above the line was huge on that. Mm-hmm. But yes, if you get that same dialogue and he's you know one of a, a comedian that we know who can pull that off, you have a smash hit. Mm-hmm. Because it cost nothing to be that funny, and, right. I, and I thought that's why Deadpool killed it was the yeah, yeah. you know the, the action with those jokes were firing. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Ghost wrote like the punch up. Uh, yeah. I don't, get, but it was definitely <laughs> yeah. a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. That's a comic voice in mm-hmm. there. That's a stand-up voice. You know, that's like some Joey Diaz shit. Yeah, Diaz came and <laughs> had some edibles and yeah. punched yeah. that shit up. Hold on one <laughs> second, cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, show, I'll show you what to do. Just say this.
0: <laughs> uh, well, we're running out of time, but we should do our uh, our Patreon supporter.
1: Yes. Of, uh, frightfully Uninformed.
0: Yeah, go to frightfullyuninformed.com. It's a podcast that watches mostly classic horror movies to figure out horror movie fandom, guys. You can support the show for $50 a month if you go to patreon.com slash comedy film nerds.
1: Do it. Do and, it. you know, we are live right now, so why don't we uh, plug some... Merchandise. Oh
0: yeah, we've got our our uh, our earbuds. I don't know if we'll have enough for everybody in the audience, but Mm, um,
1: yeah, we'll try not to run out.
0: This will be available back on the Comedy Film Nerd site. You can get the download on iTunes and Amazon, Mm -hmm. and we'll be selling them autographed versions right here shortly. And And we also
1: brought a couple of Comedy Film Nerd's Guide to Movies. Look at that!
0: Yeah, love that. Look at that. Twenty dollars each. Self-published, just came out. No, no, we did that on through. um, This was Morgan Morgan James. James. That actually came out four years. Okay, a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. I got to get that. Mm-hmm. We might be able to buy it with one, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've already paid
3: for three chicken quesadillas. What, do we get anything around <laughs> here? <laughs>
0: um, but, yeah, so, all right, but before you write, ra- so, Mike, what do you got? What's coming up next?
3: Uh, my, ne- my next movie is called The District, and actually um, it's set in the 1970s. It's actually a drama. It's set in the 70s Garment District when the mob used to run the garment industry in New York City. Nice. And uh, the guy who ran it, his son, and their investor. So all
1: your movies shoot in New York, and if they don't, you get shit stolen. Exactly. <laughs> that you do
3: <laughs> If you don't come with me to New York, all your shit is gone. <laughs> no, but I've been lucky, man. Like the New York, mm-hmm. I've just been lucky. The first two were there, and then the one was in Detroit. But uh, yeah, this next one's gonna be in New York. So I got to. Mm-hmm. I really went in deep on the Garment District, and what it was was basically the organized crime families, like the Gambinos. Used to run the trucking routes and the yeah. the manufacturers, and you didn't get your shirt into a Macy's window without paying these guys. Wow. So where you thought like uh, you know East Saint Laurent and Ralph Lauren and Nicole Miller, you thought they were so cool and fashion, they had to kick up to the mob in the '70s. And so the guy that ran it, his son got a hold of me, and found me to to write the movie. And so so you, I, you got I the rights
0: me. from him. I sort got the r-
3: well no he it's his it's his, it's his right th- his oh. father's story. Mm. So they hired me to write it. So I wrote it and then boom now we're in motion and we're going we're going go to When you start New York. shooting? Not for uh not till after New Year's. Okay. So we're like where are we? Pre-production. We'll we'll start prepping right after the New Year. Right. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, always,
0: are you still casting it or? Yeah, we are. We're still casting it. Well, if you need a guy that knows how to scalp tickets at an Arizona game. <laughs> bro, we'll, op- <laughs> we'll, we'll open on you at Bear yeah. Down Stadium. <laughs> yeah.
3: God, were those good days, man. Oh, was a blast. Well, good luck with it. Days. And then what else, you, what
0: else? Where can people find you online or whatever? You can
3: find me, uh, I'm the worst social media, but I'm getting better. Now, I'm, now that I'm with all things comedy, bro, it's a new, f- it's a family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the real Mike Young is my Instagram and Twitter. Just real Mike Young and uh, your yeah, podcast. Man. Uh, podcast stories that need to be told, check it out, all things comedy. And, uh, yeah, I've been writing, you know, I got a couple other little writing pieces that
0: are going, but why brag? I mean, you know, we it's don't it's, do that at uh, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so great to have you on the show. So this, this all worked out. We are like, man, who's our guest? And you guys be?
1: buried your beef? It's great.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> but let me just tell it? you Graham, literally, I know you've done much more since then, but when you, you didn't even really tell me back in the day that you were like a comedian. And I went with my boys to see Barry Sobel. I'm like, my fucking scalper partner is doing comedy. And he's killing the game. So, I
0: had to keep my comedy career under wraps because I didn't want to mess up with my scalper. I mean, who the (laughs) hell knew how to do comedy in college? You guys were just ahead of the curve. Uh, I just knew at a young age I could I didn't have a skill for a real job. Yeah, I, just knew <laughs> I, I didn't possess any real job skills. So same here, bro. Well, Mike, thanks for thanks, thanks. for being on the show. This was awesome. It was great having you, and uh, good luck with the uh, the film and stuff like that. Chris, what do we got? Uh, what do we? Anything else we need to talk we, about? Oh,
1: we did our merchandise plugs. We're we ready. did our merch plug, yeah. yeah and of course, oh, and, and we want to mention this too. Um, in a couple of days, um, earbuds will be back for sale on the Comedy Film Nerd site, the digital and mm-hmm. the DVDs. So our um, our blocked window is now uh, is That's, over but if
0: you prefer the the itunes or the amazon format or right. whatever you can obviously it'll be on those those formats forever, we don't care so.
1: where you buy it as long as you buy, Just it. buy it yes
0: um and then uh what else is going on yeah my other stuff political vigilante and uh, i'm doing a i'm emceeing a show uh at flappers uh for this fnx is this Uh, Native American channel They're going to start doing A a stand-up comedy show That I'm going to be involved with So we're having a showcase This Sunday uh, The 29th At Flappers in Burbank At 7 p.m. In the Yoohoo room Come by and check that out And there's a bunch of cool uh, Comics you may have Never heard of Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark Yaffe Jim Rule And a couple others Rosie Tran They're going to be on the show So check that out And then I'll be giving more news About that FNX show as we get closer to it.
1: And always check out the uh Comedy Film Nerds Patreon. We always need support there and uh my other podcast, a Scripted Twilight Zone Podcast Conversations from the Abyss is also out right now.
0: Yeah, so go to comedyfilmnerds.com. <laughs> you guys like support all that stuff. We appreciate any way that you can support the show, positive reviews and then of course all my show and tour dates are at com, And uh all oh, Afghanistan is now available on Amazon. So both our films. Check uh, it out. Afghanistan and Earbuds are available on on, on Amazon and other platforms. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. want to thank everybody here. Binge watch a- them both together. Binge, binge watch, watch, a watch, watch Have a grandma Elwood Have a grandma with See me with a curly Mac Davis haircut freaking out in a war zone. That's and then cap it off yeah. with gold. And then <laughs>
1: yeah, and then watch Gold. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Afghanistan is my wig out. It's my <laughs> it's my freak out. I'm actually Everyone losing. goes down the river. I at go some down point. the river and I lose my shit. It's <laughs> real time and it actually happened and I'm here to talk about it. But thank you to everybody at ATC, Aaron, Thank yep, you so thanks, much. Aaron,
1: for setting up the studio. Thank Aaron. you to so all the uh, people that came out to watch. Thank you.
0: Give yourselves a round of yeah. applause Woo. here. <clears throat> the guy with the Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's our only Hope campaign shirt. Can't imagine that that's a comedy <clears throat> film nerd fan, folks. I'm really <laughs> shocked that he showed up. And everybody here, uh, thanks again, Mike Young. Thank you. My name's Graham Elwood.
1: And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, on Shot first. first.
0: Thank you. Thanks, bro. That was great, Mike. Now, don't...